Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome to another episode of The Pulse. I am your host, Rachel, and I am so, so excited today because not only do I have the members of 1001 Open Mic Nights, they are also podcasters, so I feel like I'm in good company. I have George, Charlie, and Rob. Welcome to The uh, the Pulse. Hey, how are you doing? Hello. Good. Hi. <laughs> how are you, Rachel? Are you okay? You know, day by day. We're taking a day by day, like always. <laughs> right now. It's good. <laughs> right now, it's close to dinner time, so that's always a good thing. Casting is forever a joy, I feel. You just get to sit and literally talk about whatever you would like for as long as you would like. It's like free therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we get to the therapy part, let's talk about 1001 Open Mic Nights and how you guys came up with the idea for it. We were actually at the ICCAs, I think, when the first kind of conversation started. ICCAs 2019, it must have been, is that right? Mm -hmm. Oh no, 2020. We were in the 2019 one. Ah. I I can't be in two places at once. Well, it, it was, we were actually really lucky because I guess we started talking about it not so long before Britain went into lockdown. So yeah, it was kind of like our vague discussions and then lockdown came, we were like, hey, you remember that show we like vaguely discussed? Why don't we try that out? Just us three, let's see if we can come up with a script. Let's see if we can come up with the arrangements. Let's see where this can go. Not really thinking it would 100%. Oh no, hang well, on. No, we were on fire at the beginning because this was this was March, April time. We were like, oh, let's write a show, cast a show, rehearse a show in the next three months and then take it to Edinburgh in August, which was, was never going to happen. She totally wishful thinking. Just kept going until we realised that the in the fringe was not going ahead that year. Um, that must have yeah, been so heartbreaking. Was, yeah. Well, it, it was heartbreaking, but also it, it meant we could be like, oh, actually, we have a good amount of time now to really get this where we want it to be. So, and we yeah, we could, we could have taken a half-hearted show three months, but I'm, mm. I'm glad I've been locked indoors for a year to be able to work on this one. <laughs> it's good now. It's good now. We talk very regularly about how obsessed we are with acapella and continuing acapella for the rest of our lives. And so I think having a reason to do it for another 12 months was just, none of us were going to say no at any point. We were like, yeah, sure, we'll do this into 2021. That's what it takes. You'll get to Fringe whenever Fringe happens. Who knows? <laughs> Or never, and then you do it forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So can you talk a little bit about the premise of the show? Like the, the idea or the theme behind it? Okay, so the show is about these two girls who are friends, Liv and Nina. They're recently graduated and they perform at an open mic night every week. They love it, but also it's maybe is getting a bit dull. Maybe they shouldn't be doing this every week. They're, they're locked down in this little cellar bar. And we also have two other characters, Matt and Lucy. Matt is the owner of the bar and Lucy is a regular who's always there. She always sings the same song, it's a very nice song so we don't mind and essentially the narrative follows these two friends through what the next step's going to be are they going to stay in the same place and just enjoy the quiet little life that they've got or are they going to go out into the world and find new things to do and what does this mean for their friendship we don't know so you have to watch and find out mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and within <laughs> absolutely and within the acapella kind of how it fits into the acapella landscape it isn't just the four characters we've got a cast of 15 so yeah lots of, um, lots of people. people 
they're, they're going to be milling around as all of the, the attendees of the bite. It's going to be a swanky little soiree. I love, <laughs> I love it. So how are you handling the rehearsals when you can't necessarily get together. This is the really interesting part because Charlie and I take turns running the rehearsals because we've done the arrangements almost 50-50 down the middle so half the show the arrangements done by Charlie half of them are done by me and so we take turns teaching our songs every kind of like two weeks to the cast and obviously teaching the songs over Zoom is a whole thing that we spent about a month and a half discussing how we were going to do it. Take shape now. Is, 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 is weird. I'm sure other groups who are rehearsing now, listening, will be having the same experience. But we will sit there. We have loads of MP3s of like Sibelius or Muse score files that we've sorted. We use the Zoom advanced feature where you can share music with other people's like Zoom calls. We'll yes. play the recordings that we've done through their Zoom and they just have to sing their part along with the audio as it's playing. Obviously, everybody was on mute. There was a very comical moment in the first rehearsal where I forgot to mute myself and just started belting full out. (laughs) You really were Fabulous. Whether it was intentional or not is yet to be discovered. Um, I'll never tell. But the wonderful, it it is definitely challenging the way that we have to rehearse, but the wonderful thing about it is that we've got the chance, we've got people, I was about to say from Harrogate to Brighton, but if you don't know England, that's... (laughs) That's all of England. That's the whole right. thing. I mean, it's very little, but we, we do go the whole expanse. So it's so wonderful that we get to sing with people that if it if we weren't living through the time that we're living through, maybe we wouldn't get to sing with them because mm. you would go with people locally. So it's really lovely that we've got such a wide variety in our car. How did you get people from that distance? How did you find them? They found we us. Just, yeah, I mean, we, we decided before auditions look if we have us three like creators in the cast we would only need three more and so long as we have a minimum of six people we reckon we can make this show work okay yeah we might have to change some things up a bit but six people we can make it work we were very much like if we get three other people and they're halfway decent that's the aim really yeah that, that so was when, good yeah so when we got like way more people than we thought auditioning I think we were both excited we were kind of proud of ourselves that People were interested in our project because I think, if I remember right, we were like, hey, here's this musical. And we didn't say, here's what the musical's about. So <laughs> it was just people who knew us and people who were super keen to do a cappella who yeah. auditioned because we have people in the group who've never done a cappella before. Mm. We have people who we have never worked with before. And then we have some people who we, we have worked with before. And we've also got some people who we have seen on the a cappella scene, but have never worked with. So it's quite a nice variety. But yeah, I think it's just people keen to get involved in something new that they haven't seen before. And I think we're lucky that we're in a position where we do know a few different faces and they value our work enough to think, okay, I might not know much about this project, but yeah, why not get involved, you know? They have faith in our ability that it will yeah. turn out fine in That's more than I can, I can say for myself. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in April, we were like, we have no faith in ourselves. <laughs> well, sometimes it's easier for other people to believe in you than it is for you to believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got 16 little cheerleaders, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> for those of us in the States who I don't think we can fully appreciate French. I, I mean, I, I have a better sense maybe than others since I've spoken to 
lots of groups about fringe, but I've never been myself. And I wonder if you can share with us what fringe is like for those of us who don't have an understanding of it. I think for me, fringe is a feeling. It, you can't, I think it's being there. And basically what fringe, what the Edinburgh Fringe is, it's been going for over 50 years. And it's essentially anyone can take any show they want to any venue they want for this whole month. It's the whole of August in Edinburgh. And it's basically like the telephone box around the corner will be like a live installation for like a puppeteer or something like the, the stuff that goes on there is just absolutely incredible and also mind-boggling like you, you <laughs> don't know what's going to happen around every street corner yeah so it is and there is a big acapella movement I feel like so what you do when you want people to come to your show you go on the Royal Mile which is the, the big street that goes up to Edinburgh Castle and everyone hands out their flyers we've taken one show to Fringe before and this is in 2019 the summer of 2019 and I feel like there was a armada of acapella groups like everywhere <laughs> you went there was just people that were flying for the acapella shows singing for the acapella shows there's little stages up and down the street and there's people singing it's, it's just overwhelming but wonderful is how I would describe fringe at Royal Mile it's the closest you will get to the riff off in the swimming pool from Pitch Perfect because it's just like <laughs> acapella groups left and right and sometimes like one will encroach a bit too close on the others and then it's like oh but who's gonna sing louder who's the loudest soprano <laughs> is it about quality no it's about decibel level that's awesome so where are you in the process now of putting the show together? What, where, like exactly at this moment, where are you? So, oh, at, at the moment, we've got ourselves a venue. It's in the works. There's, it's difficult at the moment because you don't, we don't know what's going on. We don't know where the country's going to be in August. But at the moment, we've got our venue. We're going to be there from the 23rd to the 28th of August, 3.30 in the afternoon. So if you find yourself there at 3.30 in the afternoon, come and see us. We'll just put the date and the time in your diary now for that interview. Week. <laughs> for, for eight months from now Every six day. months from now yeah. <laughs> nobody has any excuses nobody is planning anything for that point in time i don't think so no exactly i, I know you're free yeah. <laughs> you must be i promise you i haven't opened my diary in months so i'm sure there is nothing in it but yeah in terms of the show we're actually in the fundraising stage so we're looking for sponsors and donors and people to help us raise some money to be able to take this show and all these wonderful people up to edinburgh in the summer and for folks listening who might want to support you in that endeavor are there ways they can do that yes yes you we, go rob we have our at the moment our kind of like main source we have a patreon page which is just a thousand and one open mic nights that you can search on patreon and find us there we're posting all kinds of different levels of exclusive content so you can sign up for as cheap as i believe the lowest one is two pounds and then there's a five a ten and a twenty a month donation and so all of that money will go towards you know taking the show up to edinburgh getting the venue sorted you know sorting out all of the technical things behind the show but in the meantime you get to enjoy all sorts of things like outtakes from our podcast and cast introduction videos where we're trying to wrangle every single member of the cast to sing the video the song from their audition video for the show it's a real treat they're all a little bit embarrassed to do it because some of them sang some embarrassing songs but we're going to make them no we love it though (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so talented as well like honestly every time they send in a video we are taken back again i'm like why are you here with me go off and come on Brittany. <laughs> i mean west end is calling no but yeah. <laughs> it is for a lot of these people <laughs> yeah well we're going to 
to get a little taste of this podcast that you mentioned, we're going to listen to a Thousand and One Open Mic Nights podcast. Here it is. I think a lot of people feel like doing radio or podcasts is an easy thing to do, but I think it, especially radio, takes a little bit of like, you know, wherewithal and, and some skill and planning to get into that. So how was that? Um, so I had listened to Aaron do it, right? I had been listening to Akaville, so I had a sense of kind of like the, the, the style, the tone that he was going for. And I also listened to NPR, which I don't know if you guys um, listen to or are aware of, but they have a lot of shows that they, that they pr- produce that are on the air and then air as podcasts. And so I kind of had like a, a, a sense of um, like how other voices do it. And I think I was just lucky. I think that um, part of my personality is I'm a I'm a big people person. I mean, and I have a very uh, um, emotional voice, right? I don't have a flat voice. Like I have a lot of um, excitement and uh, inflection in my voice. And I think that that was just a lucky coincidence. Um, and so it was through... Th- like I found the transition daunting and scary, but not, and, and to this day, I can't listen to myself. Like that's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's horrible to listen to yourself talk because how I sound in my head through my ears is so different than how I sound. Yeah. So different. Completely. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> I get that. Like, mm-hmm. Because every that week, <laughs> every week it gets me, I edit this podcast and I get into it and my voice comes in and I'm like, oh, is that really how I sound? Yeah. And it's just like, you never get used to it. <laughs> and- you never get used to it. We're having a really meta moment with all of our different radio podcast yeah. chat. Like, it's happening now, but we're yeah. talking about it. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I sound super high and squeaky when I edit myself. But in my own head, I don't sound high and squeaky. I sound like I have a normal voice. <laughs> I would also like to clarify, you don't sound high and squeaky. You have, uh, But like you say, you have a very engaging voice. Like it's good to listen to because you, you really, you draw everyone in with the way you speak, which which is such a key thing for... But it's not, yeah, no, but it's not just that. Like it is, it is the passion mm. that you have for what you're talking about. I yeah. think that's what sells people on it. It's like... Rachel knows what she's talking about and she cares what she's talking about. So I'm not sure that like that, that is, that would, I'm not sure I agree with the nose about what she's talking about, but she cares about what she's talking about. (laughs) No, no, you do. Mrs. I've been to every single ICCA yeah. ever. You know, all the stuff we're talking about. I haven't got a clue. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a thing. I I mean, knowledge comes and goes, but the passion for sure. I a thousand percent agree with that. I I can definitely care. So, yeah. Uh, well, I find it so interesting how um, there's you. You said about the kind of opportunity in the um, when you saw those volunteer positions originally um, to host and to speak on the radio, and then but you just you weren't there for that at that point, and kind of the growth to get there. And it's the same with the um, uh, you know when you're at uni, not wanting to audition for a group. I, I find it really interesting how as you say, your passion has continued to, like, for, from then to now, you know? I just find it so interesting because we've spoken before about, like, um, saying, you know, if anyone ever thinks, oh, maybe I should do this or I'm not too sure, like, if you can muster up the courage to go to that audition, to go to that first job, even if no one else will go with you, like, go for it because, you know, as you say, you might regret it if not, so you might as well give it a try. <laughs> exactly. I... I highly encourage people to to try. 
just try because there's no, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? That you don't get it. Mm. You don't get it. And the best is that you do. And then, and then you're in and then you get to, you know, live the exciting acapella life that we're all living now. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. So much fun. And I am so, I mean, it, it gives you a real taste of like what to expect and like the interaction between you all. And it's, it's so awesome. It's odd switching over from like one podcast where we're interviewing people to a podcast where we're being interviewed. I didn't realize how much that <laughs> dynamic would change the way I feel. Like I'm, I was nervous coming on today. I'm never nervous for our podcast. <laughs> like it's a different, a different atmosphere entirely. Totally. So I, I would love to talk a little bit about the podcast itself and what prompted you all to put that into place. Oh, it was Rob. Really Rob's idea. Yeah, Rob loves acapella, Rob loves podcasts, Rob loves Rob's voice. So Rob said to us, please. I can relate to Rob because I also love acapella and I also love Rob's voice. So. Made in heaven. I mean, I think I just had this deep rooted need over the last year to start a podcast of any kind of format. And then we decided to do the show and we were trying to think of different ways to kind of get the word out because we suddenly had this extra year of time where we're going to have to have something ongoing. Yeah, we just kind of sat down and the idea for the podcast came about because it's a great way to sort of get lots of people involved in the hype around not just the show itself, but around acapella and acapella in the UK. Because I feel like there's a lot of different platforms going on, but having a sort of single podcast in the UK where everyone can go to listen to people who are, you know, talking about the biggest updates and the, the latest things. And also just to, you know, listen to what we like to do on our Wednesday evening rehearsals. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then it all just kind of happened from there and, and people have been keen and getting on board. No, it, but a wonderful thing that's come from it, I feel like, is the community aspect of the acapella community in, mm. in the UK. Like, I think what we've found from the people that we've spoken to and like over the time that we've been talking is the fact that we need this kind of connection you need, you need the connection that maybe we don't necessarily have because I think there's quite a few groups throughout the UK that you just don't know about or what other groups are doing and what's going on yeah. so I think having that conversation and being able to talk about that is quite important. It's been a really good opportunity for us to learn as well because we've had all voice ranges on the podcast so we've spoken about like one episode that is coming out I think in the second week of Feb on our podcast is we've got our base speaking and Rob you might remember the term I'm gonna get the term wrong I know in first nation or in inwards for basically he does some really fancy tricks with his voice and he sings so low and I thought I oh, had yeah. this range but he sings a whole octave below where I'm speaking now and then lower so he's very impressive and he talks about he runs through the technique of how to do each of the things that he does so if you listen to the episode, you can come out the other side singing an octave lower than you do at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and, and other episodes, oh, we've spoken about like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you should have heard us like trying to, trying to recreate <laughs> yeah. these different sounds. So much fun. <laughs> but, like, we've spoken about the history of beatboxing, like the differences between being in a mixed group versus an all-female group. And we've spoken about new upcoming companies and organisations in the acapella community in the UK and kind of their trajectory, where they're headed. So it's been a really good space for us 
to learn just as much as our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's one of the benefits that I experienced myself in this kind of thing is that I'm learning too, right? I, like I don't know everything and, and to have an opportunity to hear from people who are more experienced or more capable than I am on a certain subject is just an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. On the latest episode that just came out on Wednesday, we spoke with the produ- one of the two producers who produces the, the UK region of the ICCA. Gemma. I saw that. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was such a great conversation. We've seen Gemma around doing the producing because we've been in the ICCA when she's produced it. And it's like, it was so nice to then hear her talking about what goes on when we're not in the room with her. And like when Mm. she's dancing backstage to all of the like show that's going on in the front of the house, because you don't get to see that. But now knowing that every time somebody comes on stage, she's there having a boogie in the wings, like makes the whole thing just seem, I don't know, it's so much much more friendly and so so nice. And it reiterates that whole thing about the community feel of it all because once you know that it's all friends just doing a cappella, then it, yeah, it really brings everyone close together, I think, which is, is lovely. It's really nice. Yeah. How do you find your guests? What process do you use to decide who you want to reach out to and how do you reach out to them? Well, so far, most of our guests have been cast members of the show because... <laughs> so easy enough. <laughs> There's so they, many. <laughs> they were all ready to go. And people have been so enthusiastic about getting on it that like, we thought, you know, why? And, and the main reason, obviously, like the podcast comes from the show so we really wanted to showcase the fact that we have got such a wide range of talent in the group and I feel like the show obviously is going to be just under an hour and everyone will get a moment to showcase what they do best but at the same time it's like why not give them all their own hour where they get to talk about the things they do best and so I think it's a nice opportunity also for people who will eventually come and see the show like they can listen to all those episodes before they come and see it and then when they see the show, they can be like, oh, that's Olivia. She auditioned for uh, the Vassar Devils while she was in America. And it's like, you'll know all of this stuff about the people. Yeah. And it'll be a bit like going, I hope, fingers crossed, it'll be a bit like going <laughs> to the West End and seeing that, you know, really famous like West End performer that you've followed on Instagram for years. So that's the vibe we're going for. Yeah, no, we we want to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everybody? (laughs) Um, But yeah, as it goes onward, we're expanding more into, as we say, like looking at different aspects of the acapella community generally. And we're hoping to just get as wide a range of people on the podcast as possible to talk about why they love acapella, what they do with acapella and where they'd like to see acapella going. So if anyone listening to this wants to come on. Our Zoom room is always open. I mean, really? That seems dangerous. So I wonder, as you look forward, what what are your hopes, first off, for 1001 Open Mic Nights? Let's start there. I think to a degree, it depends what happens with the pandemic situation, because as we've said, we did a project that we took to Fringe in 2019. And like, if this goes well, why not do another and another and another and have it going forever? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we want to see how it organically grows, because everything that has happened so far has been so organic, like the podcast and even the cast size. We didn't expect to have people all across England and we didn't expect to have people who are brand new to acapella, even auditioning like hearing about what we're up to and as well we've got some like people who've been in it like four or five years and know the scene well so it's been interesting who knows where like the podcast will take us we made the show as a kind of standalone 2020 like week 
long run fringe show and that didn't happen and so we're just gonna play it by ear 2021 who knows it could end up being a digital show hopefully it'll be in person the podcast who knows how long that'll run it's great to run it after (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah yeah. so no but I think as well what it's taught I mean I don't know about you two but what it's taught me is that you can't say no to yourself so if there's something you (laughs) want to do you just got to go and do it and then if there's something that stops you from doing that you find a different way of doing it and I think we have really found ourselves in the situation of if you told us this time last year this is what we'd be doing we would say no way but then here we are and I think there's so many good things that come out of it to do with now we know we can remotely rehearse and might use that in the future it could be for something new so I think it's just really nice that we've been able to sort of overcome some things but then also find some positives in what could have easily not been positive at all I think as well it's a case of at least for me if you'd asked me a year ago I'd say that's not possible even if you want to do it you won't be able to do that cool move along see you later (laughs) and now we're doing it so even to be fair even the podcast I was like "Mm, guys will this happen will it work let's give it a try but I don't know and here we are episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it stretches your creativity, right? It, it shows you ways that things could be possible. Like the human ingenuity is a seed that can't be quashed. Right? I think that's been the most rewarding thing about this whole process is just like we said, every stage, it's been like another step of like, how can we go about this in such a creative way to make that? And it does feel completely like every step we're doing something new. We're doing something that's not not been done before at least by ourselves and maybe hasn't been done before you know elsewhere as well like we haven't seen this type of show go to the fringe before where it's like outside of a university group but it's also completely a cappella, inspired by the kind of collegiate scene but not related mm. to it and it's so good to like yeah yeah have a musical rather than a concert mm. yeah exactly mm. and there's like the storyline just so much creativity has gone into this and and i can't wait to see it kind of continue over the the rest of the year well i can't wait to see the trajectory and the path that you guys take and the ultimate end result thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy evening to speak with me thank you absolute joy and good highlight for for this evening i mean lockdowns what else are we going to do but more podcasts (laughs) that's right (laughs) i'll drink to that well that was george charlie and rob from 1001 open mic nights a show that we're fingers crossed going to be at fringe this year Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.